Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller. We're here till noon. Appreciate you spending some of the morning here with us as we talk sports with you. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We're going to start with hockey, although I almost canceled it. Uh, 10.30, Ben Gislason, the voice of the uh, Iowa Wild. I'm sick of that sport already. Oh, man, what a great, great day it was last night. Oh, good God, I hate hockey. Um, anyways, 10.30, Ben Gislason will join us, the newly minted voice of the Iowa Wild, as they get set to drop the puck on the home opener coming up on Friday with another game right back on Saturday, 7 Friday, 6 on Saturday. Uh, Rockford, I believe, is in town for the first couple. So Ben Gislason first. Then to Vegas with Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. We've got a handful of games to opine on, including his take on Oklahoma State and Iowa State, and I believe the Sunbelt game tonight is on the list, is it not, of games he wants yes. to discuss. A five-and-a-half-point number there, Coastal Carolina and Appy State, which is on the surface seems like a pretty entertaining college football game. Uh, so that's uh, the 10 o'clock hour at 11.05. Cappy joins us. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors David Kaplan. We will speak with him. A lot on the Bears, clearly, and moving around to the White Sox, Cubs. I'm sure we'll get the Bulls, maybe the Blackhawks. As, uh, maybe we'll commiserate in their misery as well because they're terrible. Uh, and then 11.30, it is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, who uh, the Chiefs get back in the win column. They head to Tennessee this week. They're bye week crazy. Thanksgiving weekend is <laughs> the Chiefs by, which seems later than normal, but there's an extra week after all, so I'm sure that factored into it. How are you? I'm doing well. Fun night last night. A lot of different sports bouncing around. Watched a lot of NBA. Did you really? What did, what did, where did you, well, you, had, you bet on Golden State, so I'm yep. assuming you spent a lot of time there. And that's where it was after the yep. baseball concluded, after that ridiculous ninth inning. Wow, wasn't that something? And if you had the over, you are singing today yeah, right. as you wake up after that one. Uh, yeah, some, Something was shining down on you if mm. you're on the over last night last years yeah and that that helped out in a big time way so that little hockey uh didn't see the big comeback unfortunately i did yeah i'm sure you did as uh, the wild come back and beat the jets but yeah it was a lot more nba than i anticipated last night (laughs) good well i didn't watch too much of it um it was baseball for me i spent trent the national league game was as as good as funny game watch i just maybe there's something about dodger stadium too Mm -hmm. um you know it's one of those stadiums that i haven't that's on my list, and for whatever reason, I've not been able to get to a game at Dodger Stadium. There's very few of them that I think are that uh, are left, uh, but that's clearly one of them. You haven't been to Dodger Stadium, have you? I don't think you have. I think no. I've said that before. I've been basically Midwest only. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think outside of the Midwest if I've been to any other baseball stadiums, and don't think that I have. Been to both Milwaukee's, both Minnesota's, <laughs> yeah. Kansas City, both St. Louis, both Chicago. 
Though not old Comiskey, just new Comiskey. Yeah, that's what I missed. Tiger Stadium, original Tiger. Well, yeah. there's only one Tiger Stadium. This is Comerica. But that's one I missed. I would have liked to have seen Comiskey and Tiger Stadium. The port, the left field, the overhangs in both of those ballparks. Mm-hmm. Two classic uh, ballparks that uh, have come and gone. Yeah, the games were tremendous. How about Bellinger's postseason? After yes. the regular season, did this kid put together for him to come back the way that he did? Oh, that was drama. My God, that was good. Felt like they were down 3 nothing. It did, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Get out to the early lead. All right, they're going to cruise here. Bueller, not great. No. He was there. Yeah. Gave him innings, but... Right, he wasn't too happy with uh, the played umpire. Of, who was the played umpire in the game? Um, I was an old guy. Uh, anyways, wasn't happy with uh, with the balls and strikes. Jerry Meals? Uh, Jerry Meals, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Jerry Meals behind the plate. Uh, but, um, you know, and, and the, the last Diaz last night, look, it's not just the, like the calls went against the Red Sox all night. There no. were 23 missed calls, 12 uh, that went the uh, Astros way, 11 that went the Red Sox way. Oh, I saw a lot higher number than that. Did you? That was from... Well, this the, is from ESPN Stats that I saw. Jeff Passan last night, and this is during the game, and it, it built on it afterwards. Uh, no, you're right. It was 23. 21. Yeah, 21 was, as he tweeted this okay. out, it was 23 in the end. Including get out of the inning with the Evaldi curveball. It sure seems like they should have, right? Yeah. It sure seems like they should have. I have been steadfast in my disagreement with you right. that we are we don't need robo umps. Mm-hmm. For home plate umpiring, mm-hmm. yes, there's going to be missed calls. And I'm starting to come your way <laughs> at times more and more. I don't think that there is a perfect system for it, and that's still my concern. I'm with you, Trent. And you know, I mean, a guy just... hits a slider that just nicks the corner and yeah. ends up four feet outside. It's not a strike, but it with robo umps, yeah, it would, it would be. have been called a strike. It yeah. would be a strike. So that's kind of the part that you get into. There was a pitch yesterday, early in the game, in the Braves uh, Dodgers game, that they got the catcher got crossed up. It was actually a strike. You see it happen all the time, and they don't give it to him. But they don't give him the strike. And why not? Right. And Who those cares are the where the catcher puts, puts his mitt, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what a strike is. If you hit the mitt, that's not a strike. Right. If it goes through the strike zone, it's a strike regardless of where his damn mitt is. And you're lined up three inches outside, and he hits it perfectly, and then they ring yeah, you up. up. Right. So you reward you, get away you from for that. hitting right. the mitt. There's never going to be a perfect system. No, I mean you got Jose Altuve that's four foot eleven, and then you got Aaron Judge that's six foot nine. I mean, you, <laughs> trying to figure out the exact exaggerate zone. a couple inches on both cases, <laughs> but get your point. You have two guys that look like they're from different planets True. that are playing the same game. So how do you get the strike zone mm-hmm. for both of those guys in a perfect way? I don't think there's a perfect system for it. But and after last miss, night, wouldn't you miss him though too? Oh yeah, I would too. And ultimately, you still got to have guys out there, right? You still have I to have hope. Well, so what? There's there's a fight, Safe and you just up, let yeah. him go. What's a robot going to break him up? Well, no, but at the same time, you got you don't the Terminator see a lot of... out there pulling people <laughs> off the pile. Well, you don't see a lot of umpires, and nor should they, in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. getting in the middle of these brouhaha's. Um, yeah, it's. I bitch and I moan and I whine and I cry about it, but at the same time, do we really want to go to that extreme of taking them away from, you know, it's just a part of the game. Here's a big piece, though. A guy like Diaz, Cowboy Joe West, guys that frankly aren't very good at their job anymore, and how they True. keep getting the these assignments. of the union. Right, but... But it shouldn't be that I way. I agree with because you. Because they're all in the union. Right. So and they're all it. graded after every game. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and if they don't hit a certain percentage, they shouldn't get the reward of post. How does Angel Hernandez ever show up in postseason? You have all guys that are part of the union, so shouldn't it just be metric-based? Yes, is the answer. Mike Trout doesn't get in the playoffs because he's really good. Right. He gets in because his team's really good. Uh-huh. Same thing here. You got a team of umpires, put them together. Okay, maybe you can make that argument, and Diaz maybe is part of a good crew. Mm. Okay, but when it gets to this point, and you have a guy out there that is well, statistically it, terrible. Sure, and to reward them with a plate job. Right. Know? I mean, it's one thing to put them at, you know, on one field. of the bases or out left or right. They got they got replay that can overturn bad calls, and mm-hmm. we see it all the time. But to reward guys for behind the plate that just, I mean, you missed 23 last night. 23. 23 in a huge spot. Again, both teams mm-hmm. benefited from some of those missed calls. But man, oh man, oh man, seems to happen a lot. John Cannon wants to join the program. He's got something to say about umpires and glad to hear it. Hello, John. How are you? Hey, guys. Um, first of all, did anybody stay up late and watch the Warriors? I did. Last night? Trent, I yeah, I was there. That's that looked a lot like 2015, boys. And they're really still did. that what, reminded me of the Warriors, the strength in numbers Warriors. When's Clay anticipated back? Not till February. February, think, okay. January, oh, February. Not long. Jeez, yeah, half halfway through the season, about. Yeah, yeah he. Um, so it's uh, it's it's going to take this. Uh, Bielitsa was a revelation. I had yes. no idea what that guy had in his. In Where his did he bag. come from? Uh, anyway, yep. I don't even know. I mean, he's from Serbia. I know that, but I don't know where he has been. And the Warriors, even the Wolves, uh, Curry and, and Draymond, Curry and Draymond were saying that until he got there, they had no idea what his skill set was, okay. that he could play off the dribble, that he could draw the defense and dish like he did. And then he hits threes. He's a stretch five. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting, but that's not why you guys brought me on. No, um, <laughs> Trent, you, you guys got on the umpire thing that I, I think in the past we all had to guess, right, when the umpire had a bad day. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the box on the screen. We were like, you know, this doesn't seem right, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And once in a while that high home plate camera that Fox has would show a ball going over the plate. But even then you didn't really have the high-low part. You just had did it go over the plate. So now we don't, the technology has, has made it so they've got to go back to the union. And they've got to say, guys – that ship has sailed. We, we can't, you can't muscle your way into these games anymore. You know, I was really upset because three of the umpires in the Giants-Dodgers series, here are these two teams that won 106 and 107 games, and MLB sees fit to assign three umpires who are on the last page of the ratings <laughs> on umpire accuracy, right? And it was uh, Angel Hernandez, Doug Eddings, and Ted Barrett. Giants lost all three of the games those guys did, by the way, but I'm, I'm pretty much over that. <laughs> Laz Diaz is 10 people worse Jesus. than any of those. <laughs> and here he is in the, in the ALDS behind the plate in a pivotal game. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, that those misses evened out the way they did was luck. It didn't have to be like that. That could have been 17 and 6 easily. Doug Ennings missed nine for the for the Dodgers and zero for the Giants. You you don't know when a guy is is bad. You don't know if it's going to even out over the course of a season. Yeah, it evens out. But over the course of a of a game or a short series, it doesn't. So they have to go to the union and they have to say, starting next year, merit based 
playoffs. Postseason. See, but I, and I think Get better that, but if that's, you want to be in the postseason. That, that's, that's been in place for a while now. Maybe, maybe Because you get rewarded with the World Series based on your performance. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I, maybe it's just time for a changing the guard. Maybe it's time mm-hmm. for these old guys who've been around forever. I mean, I've been watching these guys for, for decades. Um, and, and everybody's skills you know, diminish over time. It's been bad. It's been awful. John, I appreciate Here's the, call. the other Go ahead. piece of this, guys. Uh, it's so hard to get through and become a major league umpire. You have to put up with so much for so long, so little money. These guys make – they're talking about minor league players and how they get abused. They're a step above minor league umpires. Make it better so you can encourage good people. They've done this with college football now. Make it better so you can get better guys getting up to the top. They've got to do something because this box doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. And, and they, but remember, fall league, they're using robot umpires, and it's a nightmare. Too many walks. Oh, so, sure. Anyway, yep. you guys have a good show. Thank you, John. Thank you. Uh, the Hunter Wendelstadt School of Umpiring, right? I mean, he was never a good umpire. No, he was no. his old man. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. And he, they started this umpiring school. And I mean, that that's who's teaching the class. Two guys that weren't good in the first place. It is incredibly difficult to, in any of these realms to get there, too. I mean, you have to pay your dues mm-hmm. at a ridiculous mm-hmm. rate to get to that level. Uh, one of my good friends from college, he wanted to become a college basketball official. And for weekend after weekend, he would go to do D2, mm-hmm. D3 games. Very and, little money. And building up and yep. then started to have kids and hung it up. Mm-hmm. You know, how many of those guys are out oh, there? Oh, Trent, there's got to be dozens of the, hundreds of those stories right. over the years. That are building mm-hmm. to that point, that mm-hmm. know the game, that are young, that want to get into it and yep. just don't get the right break or family comes and, sure. and career gets in the way, whatever it is that you're just making difficult. Sports in general, umpiring. Refereeing, it's a tough job. Sure it is. I agree. But when you get to that highest level and the paycheck that's there and the ultimate payoff and being able to well, be at the highest spot mm-hmm. in your profession, I understand the intrigue, but it feels like the process of getting there, there almost has to be a better Well, way. and it's a, it's a lot different for the better, and I'm not saying that it shouldn't be, but I mean, there, not too many years ago, you, you started the season on the road, and you stayed away from home for the entire six-month season. Now you get weeks off during the season, sure. which you need to recharge the batteries. But, boy, that was bad last night, but bad uh, for both teams. So we uh, continue on here today. It's flipped. Now the American League goes first. I think it's 4 o'clock again. 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock, again, o'clock yep. and then uh, 7. Trent, I knew the American League game had started. I couldn't get away from the uh, Dodgers. Oh, I really couldn't. Yeah. It was It was terrific theater. Uh, and then Jansen coming in and striking out the side in the ninth inning, one, two, three, and we've got a series. Um, boy, Braves, like you said, it seemed like the Braves were on their way to up being up three zip in this spot. Austin Riley's a stud. Oh my God, he's good, isn't he? I love that team. Oh Jesus, he is so good. That's a good baseball team. So we got Chris Sale today against Valdez. Mm-hmm. Do you anticipate we're going to get anything out of Sale? Because it goes from a nip and tuck game. I thought Houston was better last night before the ninth inning. It was kind of no, oh, sure they were. I agree. Yeah, fluky. That, well, I shouldn't say that. When I got over there, I thought right. the same thing. Yes. That the Astros should have been winning that mm-hmm. game, and then of course everything hits there in the ninth inning. Was Sale out there? Houston going back up three two now. Back to Houston. I wouldn't be surprised because Valdez has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. How much are they going to get out of him? You know, they were taxed yesterday. Obviously, oh, Granky gave them nothing. No. And and I saw that coming. That's why I looked. Did his fastball top top ninety miles an hour? No, I don't think it did. No, if it did, it ticked it. Maybe, and not right. all of them. 
No, not even close. Right. I think they're up 3-2. I think I like the Astros today. Well, we talked yesterday. I mean, better team to win the, of the two teams that are trailing. And the Dodgers the Dodgers were the call. I yeah. mean, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind now the Dodgers are going to come out of the National League. Even though they're, they're Well, have you seen the prices to win that series? Mm-mm. Dodgers are minus, this was at Circa, Dodgers are minus a buck twenty, even money. Even money on the Braves. Even money on and the Braves. And they're up a game. With the 2-1 lead. Right. Yesterday, you got the Dodgers at plus 160, as I did. To win what? To win the series. Really? Yeah. Um, they were that over, one they game. Were three, they were plus three and change to win the World Series, I think, yesterday at one point. Is that what it was? I think it was, yeah. Not going to well, get much better numbers than that. No, no, indeed. I got uh, something for, me, for you on the local front. Did you see today the Missouri Valley Conference release I their did. preseason? How about those doggies? Drake is the preseason uh-huh. pick to win the league. Loyola they received, two. Yep, and then you and I three. Uh, Panthers received, I think, six first place votes. It's kind of crazy. You remember last year, you and I was the pick, mm-hmm. and then AJ Green oh, got sure. hurt, and it was over. It was just a disaster after that. And though you and I would have loved to get their shot against Drake in St. Louis, we knew that was taken off the table. Yeah. A lot of uh, upset Jeez. Panthers about that one because they felt like they had a chance. They uh-huh. thought they were playing better basketball. They had a chance to pull that one off, but. Do we almost forget how good A.J. Green is? Well, we shouldn't. Right. Because... Out of sight, out of mind, maybe, but we shouldn't. I mean, was he, is he the preseason player of the year in the conference? Yeah. I'm assuming. He is. And you look around that league, and you look at how good Drake was a year ago, but top to bottom, the MVC, and and everybody, oh, you know, it's back to a one-bid league again when Wichita and Creighton League, and I always said, slow down. Mm-hmm. This league is resilient. This league used to have also Louisville and Cincinnati, and they adapted and they changed and they built. And they're building again with Loyola, what they have done, Drake becoming the power that they are. You and I, of course, year in, year out. 17 of the last 18 years, you and I have finished in the upper half of the conference. Saw that in the press release today. It just This league is going to be fun. And with Iowa, we just don't know. With Iowa State, obviously in a big rebuild in front with Ots. I think we're going to be talking a lot more Missouri Valley Conference basketball this year. Well, and that's fine with me. I, I'm, although I'm really excited to see what Otzelberger does with that group because I think there's some talent there, and there I'm is. looking forward to the post Luca. Not that I wanted it to end because who didn't like watching Luca Garza play, right? right. I mean, what a uh, what a gamer he was, and what a hard worker. And you love to see guys like that get their reward. We should maybe do something on basketball. Do you want to do something? Because I'm ready yes. to. You know, to get a reacquainted with the the big four in state schools, I'm ready. I'm ready to do that. I mean, it's here. Yes, right? and ready or not, outside of Yesifu, Drake is exactly the same. Oh, yeah. by the way, just add a top seventy five nas- player nationally in Tucker DeVries. Yeah, you know, how's he going to be? Yeah, give me give me a scouting report on him. Well, what can you expect in his first year in the Valley? He was obviously ball dominant. I mean, he was a ball dominant guy. It was him and Sanford and Omaha Blue and that great Waukee team, but needed the ball in his hands. So how does that work? And you walk into a veteran-laden team that's done the battle, mm-hmm. that has been right there, that's been to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. If your dad, can he just turn the keys over to your son as a freshman, hmm. as an 18-year-old? Is it warranted? I mean, you would know he, better than me. When's the last top 75 player that's went to Drake? Well, that's just it. Yeah, I mean, Oregon wanted him. This is Creighton. Mm-hmm. This is not just... Oh, it's a coach's son. So I saw a picture of him. We're not talking I, Todd Licklider here. Right, right, yeah. Well, this is a little lick. Uh, yeah, and this will just uh, emphasize that point. Um, you picture a little lick, and then you picture what the picture I saw yesterday. He's built. 
And he's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's got some muscle. A 6'6 six, six point guard mm-hmm. that is built, that is physically put together, that right. is ready to go. That's going to be the intriguing piece of this. Because Yesifu, especially with the injuries last year and when Roman Penn went down, it felt like the wheels mm-hmm. were going to come off. Mm-hmm. And he was able to take his game to a level yep. nobody could That's have anticipated. A a run by the doggies, man. Yesifu, you could not have saw that. There were glimpses no. in the... But you thought he was Vinnie Johnson. He was mm-hmm. microwave off the bench. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that could get really hot and put 20 up, right? but not consistently. And then all of a sudden, he started doing it consistently. Well, mm-hmm. he's not there anymore. It's tough, though, because Roman Penn's your point guard. Right. So is DeVries, does he start out and he's just playing on the wing? You know, he's a two-guard, small forward type guy. That's what he is initially, and maybe the backup point guard to go along with it. That's going to be one of the most intriguing pieces, I think, of this season, is how DeVries is able to adapt and change and and find a spot for Tucker because he's too talented to play eight minutes a game. So, so what does the the the, the buzz and there is buzz mm-hmm. uh, around Des Moines' hometown team? What does that do for the Nap Center? It's a good question. You know, it, does it get to a point? It helps with no expectations for Iowa and Iowa State. Mm-hmm. It just does. Mm-hmm. You know, the great run that they had back fifteen years ago. Now, no, it's not been that long. Yeah. Oh God. Two thousand seven, two thousand eight, right? Uh, almost long. fifteen years ago. Well, still, but. Jesus. 14 seasons ago. My God. That was aided, though, because Iowa and I was That's stunk. 100% right. It's all we could, that's all, no, nah, it's not all we would talk about, but we emphasized Drake. We were going all over the city doing remotes mm-hmm. because Drake basketball catched the buzz, the fever. It was palpable. And there's an opportunity here. I don't think I was going to be very good. And Ty frickin' Rogers. Oh. <laughs> the big shot from the corner. Yes. Get and a stop. the game that Emmenecker had, oh, one yeah. for ten or whatever, and he was so good. Player of the year. Mm-hmm. The, oh, that was a fun team to. That was a fun, fun team to cover. High flyers all over the oh, place, absolutely. and the monster dunks, and, and yes, they were built perfectly. Leonard Houston, and oh. I think there's going to be that kind of opportunity again. I don't think Iowa, Iowa State are going to be NCAA tournament teams. I don't even know if either of them will be in the NIT. I, I think fighting for 500 is a realistic goal mm-hmm. for both those teams this season, and because of that, all right, are you going to watch? Iowa get throttled by Purdue again. Are you going to watch Iowa State get clubbed by Kansas? Or, let's see, the doggies are in town. (laughs) They got a big one. Here comes Loyola. You know, a game like that is important. I think there's going to be a lot more buzz because of that. And it has to be, that has to be a piece of it. Because if Iowa's really good, like they were, yeah, right, right, right. If Iowa State, you know, is is fighting again for a regular Mm -hmm. season title, it's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. But because the way it sets up, I, I think it sets up perfectly for Drake this year. Good. I like it. Who's their new SID? Do you know yet? Because, uh, um, oh, God, his name escapes me. He just left. Ty. Yeah, Ty, right. Uh, he, he, um, he took another job. Oh, he did. I didn't even yes. see that. Within the last couple of weeks. Oh, that's was disappointing. I love Ty. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, he's very helpful. We'll have to have DeVries on at some point. Yes. They're going to be a talker. The yes. Valley's going to be a talker. Des Moines' hometown team. I'm glad because Brian Harden has the AD over there. I, I think he's done a nice job. Yes. I really do. Yep. Um, you know, some of the things they're doing, even this uh, couple of weeks ago, the down on Court Avenue. Yes. I Man, I don't know how many people were down there, but that's pretty cool. It was. Yeah, I saw some video of it. Uh-huh. There were plenty of people around. I'm sure there are a couple of people staggering out of the bar after a rough afternoon sure. say, what the hell's going on down I, here? I like the hire of Michael Admire, who's, mm-hmm. you know, very popular amongst a lot of media brethren yep. and can call in some favors. And that's what it's about, right? Get in some publicity for the team that he works for. 
And he'll do a nice job of that. I'm, just, I'm sure positive he will. Good season in front of us. Who's. I think there's going to be. I think it's going to be. But I don't want to. I'm not sure change in Iowa or Iowa State. I'm looking forward to the development of both of those teams. We used the development word last year when we were talking about Iowa State. Yeah. There was no development last no. year. No. It was an unmitigated disaster. It's a different era. Uh, and there seems to be some hope, right, around this team. I'm, like, I'm with you. I don't think they're going to. You can hope for the NIT. I don't think it's crazy to think that. But. I want to see these guys come together and you know form a little bit of chemistry. Who's the leading scorer for Iowa State this year? Start mm. right there. Is it Isaiah Brockington? Mm, him or maybe I'm not writing off Hinson. Really? What did we, he? What did he average at Old Miss as a, as a freshman? Like eleven double digits for sure. Yeah, I think it was in the SEC. like eleven and six, something like that. Brockington can really score. Mm-hmm. I really liked him at Penn State. If it's not him, what's Tyrese Hunter? It, oh, I can't wait to see. Because it doesn't sound like he's a score. He's Monte Morris. I mean, that's, I think, a really good that, that, comp. That would work, Trent. <laughs> and, and to be able to play at that level. Yeah. Right. That, that's unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Dude led the country in assist-to-turnover ratio mm-hmm. every year. It was there. It was on a national it's level, bonkers. historic level of what he did. But he is not your score first type point guard. He is a guy that can score, but it's getting guys in the mm-hmm. right place, running a team. He knows that thing's just like Monte Morris was, that kind of guy. I'm intrigued by that. What about Unaruna, the, the Kansas, yeah, transfer? Kansas transfer? You know, we talked to him with Michael Swain a couple of times mm-hmm. because Michael's a Kansas grad and obviously mm-hmm. watched a ton of KU basketball. He said he's still incredibly intrigued by right. that guy. Says he's raw. Super athletic. I don't know if he's going to be a scorer by any means. Right. Brockington, I think, is the answer. Though. Well, you know what? I'm looking forward to that team doing as much as anything playing defense. Mm. And I believe they're going to play some defense. And maybe have an offensive set or two that doesn't look like garbage. Oh, man. Yeah. There were some yeah, There some, were stretches no, last I know, year. No, no, uh, well, apparently Condit uh, is is all in. Good. You know, that, uh, that international experience that he got this mm-hmm. summer apparently came back a different dude. I mean, he, you would think that with uh, he, that he'd be able to... Have another notch, have another level, we'll see. And they're going to need it. All right, we will take our first time out. Uh, kind of bouncing all around here today, didn't win any football. Look at that. Well, we got plenty of that still coming. I guess we do, but it's it's October and we just did our long segment and didn't even talk about football, which is very rare. Uh, we will uh, talk about hockey. The Iowa Wild begin their season, on home portion of the season, on Friday night at the well, Saturday at 6, uh, Friday at 7. Ben Gislason, the new voice of the Iowa Wild, joins us. Kenny White on, uh, as we head to Vegas at 1045, Miller and Condon are with you until noon on 1460. KXNO and 106.3 FM. But before we do that, let's do this. It's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword PAY to 200. 200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. Pay to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Pay to 200-200. Puck next. Miller and Condon. 1460 KXNO 106-1800-BETS-OFF. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. 
Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1035 on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0106.3 FM. Let's talk Iowa Wild hockey, shall we, with the new voice of the Iowa Wild, Ben Gislason. Of course, Joe O'Donnell up with the big club doing radio for the Minnesota Wild. Ben gets his shot uh, down here. Ben, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. First of all, congratulations uh, on getting the gig. How are you? Uh, I am living the dream, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, it, it, it really has all happened in a pretty quick fashion. It's been a whirlwind, uh, a fun whirlwind, yep. I would say. Um, and, and obviously, you guys know Joe well. And not only do you know his prowess as a broadcaster and a professional, but as a human being. So I, I cannot stress enough um, how how grateful I am for this opportunity, but even more so how happy and excited I am for Joe because He's been working for this a long time, and to get his shot and to get to do it with a great organization like Minnesota is a dream come true for him, and it wound up in being a dream come true for me here with this club. So yeah. I'm thrilled to be a part of this. I'm thrilled to be on the show with you guys today. No, that's great. Uh, happy for you, and glad that you're now one step closer uh, to the NHL. So a lot of guys down here one step closer to the NHL. I want to talk about Marco Rossi first of all, because I'm very familiar with his story, having followed the draft leading up to uh, his draft year 2020, where he went nine overall uh, to the the wild a really good player um but then he got covid and of all the athletes that uh, were were stricken by covid he might have been uh the poster child for you know on that poster sadly for for um yeah. having the most severe case of it i mean he got the my- myocarditis uh there was a lot there was talk that he may never play hockey again He's back. He's here. I don't think he'll be here long. He's that good. But how does he look? And glad that uh, you know that he's still uh, getting an opportunity uh, to capture his dream at some point. Yeah, and we are obviously, as an organization, uh, very happy with the progress that Marco has made since having to go through. I'm sure for him, what was probably the most, if not one of the most difficult stretches for his his young life as just a 20 year old. Um, he is seemingly no worse for the wear, at least from my vantage point, and having to see him and having seen highlights of him, having seen what he looked like when he was playing in the OHL and now transitioning to the professional level. Um, and the one thing I can say about, about Marco is I know when he first got to Minnesota, he was getting this question asked to him ad nauseum. And I think he's just he's tired of talking about sure. it because he's, he's here to play hockey and he's here to – to set up goals and to score goals, two things he has done a wealth of at the junior level in the Ontario League. And he is a, a player that, I know speaking with Tim Army about him, our head coach, he's the type that makes everyone around him better. And it's already shown a little bit here in our first two games. He scored a gorgeous goal in Game 2 against the Texas Stars on Sunday of last weekend. And in Game 1, uh, specifically in the first period, the line he was centering a left winger, Adam Beckman, uh, who is another young yes, talented good player one. who is, is, yes, who's making a lot of noise about maybe being a Minnesota Wild player sooner than later. And then a little bit more of a veteran, but still a younger player, early 20s, and Mason Shaw, who is, is a familiar face with the Iowa Wild, another guy who is definitely a bubble NHL player. They were the best line on the ice for about a period and a half of that opening night game on Saturday in Texas. Things changed in third a little bit. Texas got their mojo back, and we didn't see that line as much. But I was blown away by the chemistry that three had. And throughout the weekend, Rossi and Beckman stayed together. They, they fluctuated that right wing a little bit on who was playing with that line. But Mar- Marco Rossi and Adam Beckman are dynamic, talented players that are both very different. And I think that's why that Tim Ari's kept them together, because Rossi a little bit more of a facilitator, and Adam Beckman is a pure 
unadulterated shooter. That's what he does. No playoffs last year. Of course, the year before the season was canceled Mm -hmm. with COVID. As we work our way back towards normal, people that maybe didn't feel comfortable going to the building last year, what are the expectations, the anticipation for Friday night and and just the season as a whole? Got to be quite the buzz inside the building as you're going through the wild offices. Yeah, it's been remarkable. And we were just grateful to have hockey last year. And everybody was. And, and, and to be able to work and to be in the building and to have the limited capacity that we did have, we were one of just a handful of teams in the American Hockey League that got to start the season with fans. But this season, we are opening it back up. Not completely. We obviously are still trying to follow state and CDC guidelines. And we do recommend getting vaccinated. And we recommend wearing masks at our games. But it's not mandated to attend our games. So... Um, we obviously understand that there are two sides to this and there are a lot of people that don't want to get vaccinated and we obviously respect that. And there are a lot of people that want everybody to be vaccinated. We respect that. So we're recommending it. We're not mandating it. Again, we're following state, local and CDC guidelines. And we want to get as many people in this building as we can safely and comfortably to cheer on this organization because we're thrilled about this year. We're thrilled about not only the fact that it does feel a little bit more normal, Mm -hmm. but this, this team on the ice is a group that I've talked about the Beckmans, the Rossies, but there is a lot more to watch this year than just those two. There are younger talent that I that I, we don't have time to get to on on the on the show today. There's also some older talent guys who are going to fill in this American League roster and make this team, I think, a contender for the Western Conference. Yeah, Kalen Addison, a lot of expectations around him as he comes over in a big trade a couple of years back. So, who's the grit on this team? I mean, Cody McLeod's had, I think. And I don't think I'm exaggerating. Probably a hundred fights in his, maybe more. Uh, he's had a he's had a bunch. He's clearly at the end of his uh, at the end of his career. Uh, but he's got plays a big role on 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 any team that he is on. Is there a, additional grit on this team other than McLeod? One hundred percent. There is a lot of it. Uh, this is a this is a wild organization that under Tim Army in his three seasons now our head coach three coming on to year four in three in those first three seasons, two of the three years, they were top three in the league in penalty minutes. Last year, they were top in penalty minutes by a large margin. This is a team that plays very physical. They have snarl. They have a pack mentality where if you mess with one player, you're messing with the entire five, if not the entire 25 man roster mm. at times. Um, there was a little bit of a dust up in warmups in Texas really? in game Thanks. two. Yep, that happened in warm-ups. I do not know, know who the aggressor was on that, um, but there was an entire team collaboration. Both teams were together in the corner. Cody McLeod was in the middle of it. Uh-huh. Another guy who I keep my eyes on to be a little bit of a disturber is Joseph Cramarosa. He's a veteran player. He can not only score, but he is not afraid to step right into the middle of the cross the crosshairs and go after it. Um, those two alone will be Definitely tough customers to keep an eye on. Um, I, I look at a defenseman like Turner Ottenbright. He plays a very mean, physical, nasty style of defense. It's very effective. Uh, Keaton Thompson, another player who is not afraid to stir it up a little bit defensively. And the list really goes on. That, that Mason Shaw was a talented player up front. He's always in the middle of things, too, and he's only five foot nine. So this is a team that is not short on grit by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I shortchanged McLeod's 60 fights, 160 fights in the NHL. That doesn't include <laughs> his, uh, his uh, pugilism uh, in the AHL as he made his way back and hung on at the end. Great stuff. Ben, again, congratulations to you. 7 o'clock puck drop on on Friday night, 6 o'clock on Saturday. Of course, the games will air here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Ben, we'll talk to you uh, throughout the season. Thank you for popping on. Appreciate it.
This is great, guys. Thanks so much. We're looking forward to seeing not only yourselves, but everybody out at Wells Fargo Arena on Friday night. Good stuff. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Ben Gislason, the new voice of the Iowa Wild. Off to Vegas, Kenny White Sports, KennyWhiteSports.com, Miller and Condon. If you're into fighting and hockey, HockeyFights.com, HockeyFights.com. HockeyFights.com. That's good. They got all the fights from the, I mean, they're up instantly. There was a, there was a good one last night. Heavyweight brawl in the Wild Jets game. Oh, yeah. Eight, tilt. Uh, back with uh, Kenny White next. Fourteen sixty KX no one Fleet Farm. Hi, ten fifty on a Wednesday. Miller and Condon. Fourteen sixty KX and O one hundred six point three FM. Off to Vegas we shall go. Kenny White. KennyWhiteSports.com dot com on Twitter. At KYD Vegas, at KYD Vegas. Uh, Kenny Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. I was going to ask you the difference between Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield when it comes to power rankings, but I saw you tweet it out, so I know the answer is four, but that's the drop off between Mayfield and Keenum. Four points in your mind. A team, a game tomorrow night that features probably a dozen guys who may not be able to answer the bell. Injury reports so critical from what you do. They sure are. Uh, players are, you know, this is, this is professional sports and these guys are all professionals and there are talented players to step in. But that lack of experience then starts to take over the lack of continuity between those players playing together. Uh, that all, that all adds up. And the Cleveland Browns are a beat up football team right now. And Denver is as well. You know, without Jerry Judy and AJ Hamler, uh, their offense completely bogged down and has stopped. They can't move the football. They've got, they have injuries on their offensive line and they have injuries to some of their best defensive players. Bradley Chubb, one of the best in the NFL. So, uh, the Broncos have been operating with uh, about three and a half points below average because of those injuries. When you see a injury report like we see for this Browns Broncos game, it is, just an absolute mess. If you're looking at the agotype in the newspaper, if you're pulling it up on your computer, it is just top to bottom and big time names. What does that do for you as a handicapper? How much more difficult is it? Or do you like these kind of games where there feels like there's maybe even unknown to the casual better? I like when I find an injury that nobody knows about. That's what I, that's what <laughs> sure. I like when I'm re, when I'm when I'm reading about what happened in a game and somebody pops out that uh, nobody knew. Um, and that's why I like college football so much because that happens way more often in college than it does in the NFL. But yeah, look, looking at this injury report, it, it is just the 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 scrolling sea scrawls. <laughs> Uh, it, it's from top to bottom. It's just amazing how many players. And looks like Jarvis Landry could play tonight. Odell Beckham should be back. So Case Keenum will have a couple guys to to throw to. But uh, you know, out just so many players. With, with and the backfield just beat up now without Chubb, without Hunt. Um, and again, Denver still missing some of their key guys. It it believe me, it makes it for that much more work because you have to go over this every time you miss something like that. You end up betting the game, and then you find out in the middle of the game or the start of the game, and that's you know you're on the you know you're on the wrong side from the get go. Well, let's get into it. Starting tonight, we do have a, a Sun Belt game that's uh, got an unbe- a very big spot actually. Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers, and of course Appy State. Uh, five and a half is the number total. Sixty one and a half. I think it's got a chance to be an entertaining game. What about you, Kenny White? Yeah, when it has the nickname, right, Sunbelt Funbelt, because mm-hmm. of all the points scored in these games, and this one should be no different. Coastal Carolina, number one in the country at 8.8 yards per play. Uh, App State, still a very good offensive football team. Now, this game reminds me of last week. 
Last week we had Appalachian State at Louisiana Lafayette. And all the money came in on the, on the, on the visitor, App State. That game opened up, I think, three, three and a half, four, moved up to five, five and a half, six. Just kept moving, and I'm thinking, why? Louisiana Lafayette's well-coached. They're playing at home. Couldn't understand it. This one, kind of the same thing now. App State's back at home, coming off a loss. A win in this game. These Both these teams are in the east uh, division of the Sun Belt. Coastal is 2-0. and Troy is 2-1, and and App State is 1-1. and An App State win brings a three-way tie to first place in that division and uh, puts App State back in the race for the uh, conference championship game. So I, I really think this is, is overinflated, and it's knee-jerk reaction from last week and, and seeing what happened to App State. But they were on the road against a very well-coached football team. Same thing around here, uh, same, you know, same type of scenario. And the trends do go to Coastal when you look at Jamie Chadwell, their head coach. He's 19-9-1 ATS. He's been very, very good. John Clark on the other side, 6-12 and ATS uh, in, his, in his start at App State. But I'm ranking off talent, too, and I think the talent of these teams are pretty close. Coastal is the better football team. But App State has always had a very solid home field advantage. They're going to get a great crowd. And their team obviously probably went through a tough week of practice after losing last week to Lafayette. So, yeah, I'll take App State here. Grabbing the points. Let's go to the ACC. Clemson still trying to figure things out with that offense. They get Pitt. Kenny Pickett playing at a high level. Heisman, dark horse. We're continuing to hear that. It's still Pitt, though. They're going to stub their toe at another point after losing to Western Michigan. You feel, is it this weekend against the Tigers? Yeah, you know, this is interesting. Dabo Sweeney hasn't been an underdog very often. Most of the time it's been in the college football playoffs. Uh, but he's 6-2 and two ATS as an underdog. Uh, Clemson still has so many injuries, though. They have five players on offense that are starting right now that I had projected before the season started. So that's six guys out, and, and trying to fill in for those type of players is tough. They're down to their third-string running back. Um, defensively, they only have six starters playing right now. And the defense hasn't been a problem but because they just continue to fill in with good players, but they're still inexperienced. I thought Pittsburgh should be the favorite in this game, uh, but I'm going to go under the total because Pat Narduzzi is an excellent uh, defensive coach for Pittsburgh. He's very conservative. We know Clemson's problems on offense. They just don't have that continuity or the players to put points up on the board. And The defense is going to have to win it for them tonight, so I think uh, under 46.5 is the play for me. Hmm. Let's go to the pack, uh, to the Pac-10 uh, with uh, Oregon. And UCLA game day is going to be there, uh, which will be six six a.m. out there. It's going to start. It'll be dark when game day gets underway. But nonetheless, pretty big spot. UCLA still got a chance. I don't know what to make of the Ducks. How? Do, what do you see? Yeah, you know, it seems like the two teams that have played opposite of opposite directions. Oregon under Mario Cristobal, they played to the level of the competition. It seems like he's nineteen and twenty one. ATS since starting at Oregon. He's 5-8 and eight ATS his last 13 games, just hasn't played well the last two years. Uh, they've underachieved. Uh, UCLA on the other side, they're starting to overachieve. 5-2 and two ATS this year for, for Chip Kelly's team. Uh, he is 0-2 straight up against Oregon, his old team. This is the best team he's had. I feel like it's a revenge factor game. I think UCLA, all the players, they've lost to Oregon two out of the last three. They only played, didn't play last year or the year before that they didn't play. But they've lost two games to this team. A lot of the players on this team have never beaten Oregon. Uh, Chip Kelly would love to beat them. I, I think it's a very solid spot for UCLA. I uh, just think they're playing better football right now. They're better offensively for sure. 
Uh, their defense is right there with or- with Oregon. So I like UCLA. I made them four and a half here. The game open Oregon, too, was bet to UCLA. I think it was bet the right way. Let's go to the big one in our state, maybe one of the biggest college football games of the weekend. Undefeated Oklahoma State coming to town. Gundy has had Matt Campbell's number, offensive limited, but a very good defense overall for the Cowboys. Iowa State maybe starting to round into form. What do you see here? Yeah, Iowa State is really rounding into form. I think Mike Gundy, he's he's doing his best uh, Stephen Angel impression. He's been the illusionist. Hmm. 101st-ranked offense, 5.1 yards a play. Uh, the defense has definitely carried this football team the entire season. Texas, I thought, completely outplayed Oak State. And then all of a sudden, the, split, the switch flipped in the fourth quarter, and Oklahoma State outplayed Texas. I was amazed, uh, offensively and defensively. But for the first three quarters, it was all Texas, and Oak State would not have been in that game if it wasn't for the 85-86 yard interception return for a touchdown. So Matt Campbell, uh, maybe maybe Gundy has a you know a, a spell over Campbell, but Campbell's still thirty-one and eighteen ATS versus the conference the last five years. So uh, he has dominated the Big Twelve. I think he has a better football team. I'm laying the seven with Iowa State at home. Let's talk about KennyWhiteSports.com. What have you got going on? What can you tell? What can you share with our audience? And for those of you who want to get involved with you. Yes, thanks, guys. Uh, Kenny White Sports, you know, I've got a play today. A free play in the NBA will be up uh, this afternoon. Uh, all you have to do is sign up for the site. It's free. Just sign in. That means you get all the videos. You're just one of our subscribers. Uh, you get all the uh, any video that's put up there by any the experts. Our Monday, our Sunday night uh, opening line report, Brian and Blessing and I do at 9 p.m. Pacific, uh, midnight Eastern. We go over all the new lines for the NFL games, and we give you which way we think those numbers are going to go and any injury information we have. The newsletter's there. Uh, the uh, power rating at, at InsideKennyWhiteSports.com. Sign up for the power ratings, nineteen ninety nine a month. All the updated power ratings on NBA, NHL, college football, and NFL right now, and I'll be adding college basketball within a month. Good stuff. We'll talk to you in a week. Stay busy, Kenny White. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Yep. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you, Kenny White. KennyWhiteSports.com. Cappy next. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, still to come. It's 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.